0: When I I graduated from college when I was 22 years old, somewhere in that area, and I can't really remember anymore. Um, uh, It's been so far back, it seems like, but I graduated, and I was so excited. I graduated from a school called Miami Christian College in Miami, Florida, and I went to that school specifically for the reason um, that I was going to go into ministry. And I wanted to do something. I felt that God had called me to, to be used in a church, and I was really excited about my future. It just so happened, though, that from the first couple months after my graduation until my transition into, uh, quote-unquote, a job, Um, I was living with my grandmother in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. my grandmother at that time was 80 years old. And one of the privileges of being with my grandmother, I see it as a privilege now. It It wasn't necessarily that when I was 22, was that when I was there in the evening, which was most of the time, I ate dinner with her. The reason that was kind of a, a privilege, because I got to spend time with her, the reason it might not have been is because she always ate at 5 o'clock sharp. And, um, and so we would sit down at 5 o'clock to eat dinner, and I can remember thinking I'm not even hungry, but I'm being forced to eat. But um, I ate with my grandmother, and it was great. And I loved talking with her, and she shared with me a lot of cool things about my family and my grandfather and my dad when he was growing up. But my grandmother was a believer. And I remember this one time, she this one evening, she shared with me how excited that she was um, that she was going to heaven. And she was talking about how she could hardly wait to get there. She was just so excited about it. And um, I can remember sitting there thinking, wow, um, that's ex- I'm glad for you. But And a couple things I thought. Number one is um, I don't think that way I'm not that excited about going to heaven and then I thought, well maybe it's because she's old she's 80 right I mean you know she lived a full life and she's about ready to go home to be with Jesus and the truth is she lived to be 105 so she wasn't quite there yet but anyway uh, so God made her way though so, um, but she lived to be 105 and uh, but I remember thinking that why is that that she's so excited? about going home to be with Jesus, and, and I, I wasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was excited that I was going to heaven when I died when I was 80 plus, maybe 105 because I got good genes, right? Um, but uh, but I'm, I, and it beats the alternative, right? It, heaven, going to heaven beat the alternative. But I wa- and I was a believer, don't get me wrong. But I was just so excited about my life and what was in front of me and the places to go and things to do and people to see and to get connected and to get married and do all those things that you want to do, right? You're just so excited about life. And heaven was an okay thing, but it was, you know, I, I, and truthfully, I wasn't really too, too connected to that whole concept of heaven. Um, a few years later, I had an opportunity to lead about 30 students down to the jungles of Peru for a missions project. We were down there for several weeks of which um, we f- our time there fell on three Sundays. And the Sundays were arranged so that we could go by boat into the jungle down these Amazon tributaries. Anybody see that movie Anaconda? Remember that with Jennifer Lopez? We actually were on that same river, but it was like, really cool. No snakes. But... Um, that We were there, and that's where we were, where the people were, and we would tow those tributaries and, and visit these little villages, and we would go to the churches that were there, and they were small, and, um, and we would go to three services on each Sunday, so we went to about nine services over the time that we were there. And every Sunday afterwards, we would break down and do kind of like a debriefing and talk about what we've experienced. And most of the services were in Spanish, right? But the people were really excited, and we got to participate in that. And in a couple services, we had translators, but we could figure out a little bit um, about what was being said um, because we were we we're Americans, right? We weren't bilingual. We Americans, we just learn, we just speak English for the most part, right? Uh, well, but the truth is, is that. Um, we listened, and some of the kids could speak Spanish. We had the translators, and as we, as we went over it, the last Sunday that we were there, this girl named Laura said, you know what's really amazing to me? She said, these people are really excited about heaven. Every service that we go to, they're talking about heaven. For the last three weeks in every church, they're talking about heaven. She goes, truthfully, I just want to go back to Florida go back to my shower, my bed, and have a pizza, all right? And I thought, wow, here we are, and you want so much for God to do something in somebody's life. And her response is, I'm not really that excited about heaven. I just need a pizza in my bed and maybe a good shower. And then I thought, well, that's me too because I wanted a good shower and to be in my bed and a pizza sounded pretty darn good. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm an American Christian. You know, we're American Christians. We have everything that we need. And what we don't have, we believe we're going to get this side of the kingdom, right? We just think, well, I'm not happy now because my car is not everything that it should be. But I'm going to get a job. then I'll get a new car. No, no problem, right? In fact, it had happened to me, even as I prepared for this message and talked about and thinking about heaven, and my whole, my whole hope here is that as we sit here, we will get jazzed about heaven and that we'll move beyond our American Christianity and our American belief and our comfort in being Americans and that we got a good bed and a hot shower and we can get pizza anytime we want and somebody bring it to our door and that we would actually get jazzed about going to heaven. And as I was driving here this morning down Shinden, I saw this really, really beautiful Mercedes. I thought, man, I would really like to have a Mercedes like that. If I had a Mercedes like that, I'd be happy. And and I'm thinking, I am driving a 2015 Nissan with less than 11,000 miles on it. I'm not happy I want something different I mean this is the way that we live in America okay truthfully is it not and I am guilty of it and I am guilty of it and I'm guilty of sin of doing it and what we do is we think because we have so much here that we can maneuver and we're good about going to heaven we're we believe in Jesus we're excited about going to heaven kind of right when that when time comes, when we get too old or we're too sick or whatever. But truthfully, we're kind of happy now with the stuff we have or the stuff that we think that we're going to get that's going to fill up. And, and, and what I've found over the years that I've lived is it really wouldn't matter if I got that Mercedes. I would like it for like a day, maybe a week. And then it would be a Mercedes, and I'd have to wash it, and then I'd have to get it repaired, and how much this cost? And, um, you know, all those things. So then I think, well, I need a new boat, or I need a bigger house. And This is the way we function. And we're so earthly-minded. There's an old saying that says that, you know, there, there was an old saying that said that he's so heavenly-minded he's no earthly good. But I think as Americans, we're so earthly-minded sometimes we're no heavenly good. And so my hope this morning is that we would begin to focus, at least begin to turn our focus from where we are, which is, by the way, not our home, to the reality of where we're going, which is our home, heaven. And that we would begin just maybe, just maybe to start thinking a little more heavenly-minded and maybe get excited about going there. Now, heaven is a pretty cool place, all right? And I've just spent a lot of time studying it. And the last service, I blew off my notes, not on purpose, um, but I just lost my way. And so I just threw up on the crowd. And I just got excited, and, got, and, I, and hopefully I'll stick a little bit closer to, to my notes. But I really do hope that as I stick to the notes that at least I also will be ex- as excited as I was because I really was excited about talking about where it is that we're going and what is, in our, what is our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And, and so once again, this morning, I hope that when we leave here, we're thinking more about heaven and actually excited about the fact that that's where we're going and we can leave some of the stuff that's here by the wayside and move toward our home. Jesus said this. He says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, 19, and 20, he said, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. He said, Don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where a moth come and eat, and rust destroys, but rather store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth doesn't destroy, and rust doesn't come and take it. And because he said, Because where Listen, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I love that passage because i preached it numerous times talking about money. But the truth is the focus is on money, yes, and on our stuff, but it's also on heaven. And I, and I thought to myself as I was preparing, I spent so much time focusing on the aspect of the financial aspect of that and not the ultimate goal of the heaven aspect of it. And I go, What wow, that's just the way I function, right? I'm so here and now And I need to break away from that because when I break away from that, when we break away from that, I believe that we'll experience more joy, we'll experience more reality of who we are, and we'll also be in the zone where we're heavenly minded so that we can become earthly good. So with that in mind, um, I would like to talk to you a little bit more about heaven. And like I said, I'll try to stay with my notes a little bit better. Um, Here we go. So Jesus tells us that heaven is really, really important, right? In fact, he talks about it over 120 times in the three gospels. And, um, and so Jesus is telling us about heaven over and over and over again because he wants us to get it. So here's the deal. The thing that I found is, is that I, don't really, I didn't really know, okay, I knew about heaven. I knew heaven wasn't like a cloud where you die and you go and sit and play a harp, right? I knew heaven wasn't like that, but truthfully, and I had a little bit idea about what heaven's like. But as time has gone on over the last few years of my life, I, I've really tried to focus more on what heaven is. What heaven is really like, and to try to understand where it is that I'm heading. With that in mind, I'd like to take you on a little journey. And so, first thing that I want you to know about heaven is this: as we seek to get jazzed about it, is heaven is a physical place all right it's a physical place God is there it's God's dwelling now I understand and you understand that God is God and nothing can contain our God but um, but if God has a home and he does it's in heaven. We know that the Father is in heaven, and we know that Jesus, after his resurrection, it says that he went and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is in a physical body, and so that we know that he is in a physical place. But did you know that Jesus, as far as I understand at this point, maybe the is the only physical being that's in heaven at this time because God the Father is, is spirit, right? We also know that not only is the Father in heaven and Jesus is in heaven, but all those who have died in Christ or those who are believers, their souls are in heaven. And the scripture tells us that. The scripture tells us that all of those who have died have gone to be in heaven it says jesus said to the thief on the cross today you will be with me in paradise right he didn't say like you're gonna go somewhere for a long time and hang out kind of in a sleep or whatever and then you will show up in heaven later that's not what he said he said today you will be with me in paradise when you die to be and so the scriptures tell us this to be absent from the body is to be what present with the Lord. Okay, so we know that everyone who died who's a believer is in heaven. So that's what's going on. They're there in heaven. Now, heaven is an amazing place, all right? I can't explain it to you, and what I love about it is, is neither can the writers of Scripture. Even the men who were privileged enough to see heaven and have a vision of heaven can't explain it at all. Now, I printed this up because I want you to hear. In Ezekiel chapter 1, I'm going to encourage you to go and take a look at Ezekiel chapter 1 later on. I'm going to read some passages from The whole chapter is about Ezekiel being transported into heaven and what he sees. Now, I was watching a TV show called Ancient Aliens a while back, and they were saying that Ezekiel chapter 1 was actually Ezekiel's encounter with aliens, all right? And what he saw, he sees these spinning things, and those are obviously spaceships. But read the rest of the story. They leave out a lot of stuff that they don't, those ancient alien people, don't take into account. Now, I'm going to skip some of that, but I do want to start in Ezekiel chapter 1. I'm going to start, read to you verses 25 through 28. This is what Ezekiel saw. And he said, And then there came a voice from above the vault over the heads as they st- over their heads as they stood um, with lowered wings. That were the beings that were fly- um, flying around in his vision. Above the vault, over their head, was what looked like a throne, a Laspis, Laspis lazula. Know what that is? Neither did I. So I looked it up. I Googled. Google's an amazing thing. All right. I Googled it. It's, it's a beautiful stone. It's blue. It's, it's like blue crystals. So basically what he's saying is is that there was a throne that was like glass blue, all right? And then he goes on and he says, And high above on the throne was a figure like a man. And I saw from that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire. And brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now, he just got through telling us, about the throne and about seeing the glory of the Lord and the rainbow and the brilliant lights and before that he's talking about flashing lights and beams being everywhere and describing things that you and I can never imagine and even think of even in a really good and a really good dream or in a really good trying to take it out there with a movie but the thing is is that they can't we, it doesn't make any sense I I read it I go it doesn't make any sense I don't get it you know why I don't get it because I have no because we cannot understand the glory of God. We cannot comprehend his majesty. We cannot comprehend his His otherness. And yet the writer Ezekiel trying to get us to get it. He's saying God is big. God is awesome. Lights are flashing. It's just so cool, all right? He is so excited. Then in Isaiah, Isaiah sees God says, in the year that King Isaiah died, in Isaiah chapter 6, I saw the Lord high and seated up, and his throne was, you know, his throne was f- high and lifted up, and he talks about the seraph that he sees, and they're going to cre- they're, they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and they're just jacked about being there, and he sees them, and he falls before the throne. So he has that vision of the holiness of God, and, he, and when he sees heaven. Paul tells us that he was lifted up to the third heaven, That means that he was in the presence of God, and he says, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you. There's no way that we can tell you what what I saw. Give me one second. Sorry. All right. So here's the deal. The writers who have seen heaven can't describe it, but all we know is it's amazing, and it's marvelous. And here's the other thing, that right now, that everybody that's in heaven, is either God or, the, or angels or the souls of those who have gone on. But the scriptures tell us this, that when Jesus returns, when he returns, he says this, that Thessalonians tells us this, that those who are in dead, those who have passed on, those who are in heaven, their bodies will be caught up and be taken up and their bodies will meet their souls and they'll have bodies because why? Because God created us to be physical beings and we're ultimately going to have these bodies that you got now physical bodies but glorified bodies <clears throat> when we come into heaven in his fullness and so those who are dead in christ will be raised up now i don't know how that works i've tried to figure this one out right in fact i was in a conversation with some kids in florida one time and they said so let me get this straight so if a shark eats you and then poops you out and so you're still going to your body and i said yeah god can do it i don't get it i don't understand it right but that's what's going to happen. The body you have right now, um, if you're dead, and those of us that have, pa- those who have passed on that are believers in Christ and even non-believers, there's a resurrection, a physical resurrection, our bodies will be... And then it says those of us who are alive, all right, in Christ, we will join them and our bodies will be transformed. And we will have transformed bodies. But the point that I want to make is, is that in the midst of that, it says... In Revelation, listen to this. This is so cool. Because heaven is not just some spiritual place, but heaven is a physical place. And what Jesus has said this, is that I've gone to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. And I've gone to prepare a place for you. And he's getting it ready for us. And the Bible says that at the time of Jesus' return, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And the new heaven and the new earth actually connect with one. I don't know how this works. All right. I'm getting a little excited because I don't know how it works, but it's very cool. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to get to see this. Listen to what happens. And John says, he saw this in Revelation 21. He says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven no crying or pain the old order is passed and all has passed away and things are new in Revelation 22 he goes on to say this and then the angel showed me the river of water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the lamb down the middle of the great city street on each side of the river stood tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city. And the servants will serve him. And they will see his face. And their name will be on, and his name will be on their forehead. And there will be no more night. There will be no need of light from a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. That's me. That's me because I'm a follower of Christ and that's you if you're a follower of Christ. This is what's happening. God's gonna take heaven And heaven's going to come to a new earth. The scriptures tell us this, that the earth that we live on is going to be toasted, all right? It's just going to be flame and burn up. And God will create a new earth. And we who are physical people will be living on this earth with God. And we will be in contact and communication with him. Now, there's some really cool things that happen there. Because heaven is not only a real physical place, but we're going to be there and we're going to be in a perfect relationship because we'll have perfect bodies. Get this, imagine this, you're gonna wake up the first, no, take that back, in the twinkling of an eye. when When Christ returns and we receive those physical bodies and we're on this new earth, guys, there'll never be a day ever that we ever have to struggle with lust anymore. Girls, there'll never be a day that you'll be jealous again. There'll never be sin in our lives. It'll be gone. Thank God for that. Gone. Gone. We'll be perfect. We'll be in a perfect relationship with God. Do you remember those times and they're few and far in between in my life. Maybe that's sad, but this is the truth. I'm being honest with you. Few and far in between, but when you connect with God, maybe it's in worship or maybe when you're just by yourself, but you feel his presence in a super powerful way. I can remember one time I was just by myself and I was praying and I felt the arms of God come around me. It was the weirdest thing. It was scary and cool and fun and worshipful and everything that it should be and it lasted for just a few minutes and then I was like wow that was awesome that was awesome God was here with me like really here with me that was just a crumb of what eternity's like in heaven is that not cool Every moment will be like that. Sorry, I'm getting excited. Getting choked up. Every moment will be like that. We'll be in perfect fellowship with God, but not only this, we'll be in perfect fellowship with one another. That'll be amazing in itself. Everybody will be perfect. We won't be jealous. We won't be, there won't be any anger. There won't be any hostility. You know, last night um, I was with a bunch of believers, and it was a great time. We were playing, we were playing games. We had food together and ate, and it was fun. My wife and I were there, and just thinking how good it was to be there, Um, and that was fun fellowship. Uh, But we played a game, and I wanted to win. And I asked them, "I'm speaking in heaven tomorrow," and this I really, I did ask them. I said, "I'm speaking in heaven tomorrow. Uh, Do you think in heaven you get to win a game?" And the guy, and one of the, I don't know who it was, somebody said, in heaven we're all winners. That's the truth. In heaven we're all winners. But in heaven we're all lovers. And in heaven we're all carers. And there's no sin. And our relationship is perfect. And and we're going to have a great time of fellowship. And we're going to enjoy one another. Do you realize that not only we have a great relationship with God and a great relationship with one another, but there'll never be a time when there's any sorrow, there's any pain. This is what God's promised us. Have you ever been with friends where you just had such a great time and you were laughing so hard that it hurt, but you were just just in that moment? You know what I'm talking about? And you couldn't stop laughing? I mean, I think heaven's gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of laughter in heaven. A lot of laughter. This is good stuff. Are you getting jazzed? Because this is your home. This is where you're going if you're a follower of Christ. This is it. So this is what this is what he says. Not only is there going to be, um not only is it going to be a great and perfect relationship with one another, and it's going to be a, a place of, of joy and laughter, but heaven will also be a place of productivity. We read in, in the Revelation that, that uh, we will serve our God. We will serve him. The, God, or the, the gospels, not the gospels, the epistles tell us this is that we will, Paul tells us, he says that we will be in charge. We will actually set over and be in, in judgment over angels. You go, well, how's that? Now, let me, let me draw a picture for you. When God, before the fall, God placed Adam and Eve in the garden and he placed them in a perfect relationship in this world, right? And he walked with them. And he communicated with them. They were here on this earth, and it was beautiful. Because when God created it, when it was done, he said, it is good. And it was good. It was amazing. And he placed Adam in the garden. And what did he say to Adam? Adam, you got nothing to do. Just kick back, relax. Lay in a hammock from now until eternity. Is that what he said? No. He said, Adam, you are created. I've created you in my image You have a job to do, and your job is to tend this garden. That's what he gave Adam to do. Get this, when we get to heaven, I think maybe, just maybe, our job will be to tend the new heaven and the new earth. And we will do it in perfect bodies. The Bible says that when we see him, we will be changed to be like him. And that's talking about in our bodies, okay? Jesus had a very cool body, all right? I don't, someone said, you know, how old will you be in heaven? Who knows? You know, I used to think it was the perfect age. It was my age, but I think it's probably, I don't know, 30, 33. Let's give it 33. Okay, that's where Jesus pretty much was, all right? So you got a perfect body. For those of you that aren't there, you're going to get a little bit older physically. For those of us that are way beyond that, we're going to come down, and that's going to be a good thing. Um, And all those kind of things. We're going to be in this perfect body, and we're going to be in a perfect relationship with God, and we're going to be busy about the work that God has given us, but our bodies are going to be like Jesus. Jesus had a very cool body. You know why? Here's what happened. It says the disciples were in the room, and the resurrected Jesus appeared in the room. He didn't open a door. He just showed up. That's cool. And you and I will be changed to be like him. Now, I tell you that because I think maybe when we get to heaven, our productivity will be such that we tend not only the new heaven, or not only the new earth, but the new heaven as well. How big is heaven? I mean, the stars, the galaxies. How cool would it be if you could go, boom, I'm at Saturn, just like that? I think it's going to be possible. You say, you're a dreamer. No, I'm just a reader. Okay, I'm a dreamer too. But I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor my mind comprehended what God has in store for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. I don't even think that we'll only have a job, but we will be fully satisfied in our job. Woo! How amazing is that? I don't think we're going to sleep. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to eat. I don't know why, just for pure enjoyment. I, I don't understand all this, but this is the things that God has told us. He showed us just little bits, right? But we'll find pure enjoyment in our work. When you're done with the day, you'll go, wow, that was awesome. I did it for the glory of God. It was completed fully. I did an awesome job. And I can't wait to do it tomorrow. Heaven, I don't get it. I just know it's good. And it's way bigger than you and I can ever imagine. And the deal is is that we don't spend enough time studying about it or thinking about it. We're truthfully, because we're American Christians, we're pretty much being focused on here and now, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing what has to be done here. But if you do it at the peril of not realizing where you're going and where you belong and where your real home is, then you're ripping yourself off. And you're also ripping off God who's preparing a home for you because He says this, use your time and your treasure and your talents now here to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I'm going to end with this really bad illustration because there's no really good illustration on how to illustrate heaven. But who here watches HGTV? Okay, all the older people. Okay, um, and I understand it. On HGTV, all right. HGTV, they do this deal where they have this thing called the dream home and they give away a home every year and every year they try to outdo the home. And if you watch HGTV, you can go online and every day um, you can sign up to win the home and people win these homes. And it's very cool. And like they give you a home and they give you a brand new car and they give you like half a million dollars. It's a pretty good win. All right. And and, you're, and so let's say that next year's HGTV home is like a zillion dollar home, because they pretty much are, and it's on the beach in Maui, all right, they're going to give you a brand new car, they're going to give you a boat, they're going to give you sea dues, they're going to give you everything, and they're going to give you $5,000 a day for the rest of your life, Okay, and you get a telephone call, and they say, you win, and you go, awesome. And they say, you can move in in six months. And you go, great, this is awesome. I'm going to move in in six months in the HDTV home. I'm going to have all these cool things. And everything I need, everything's going to be supplied. I'm going to need all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm looking around the place I'm living in now. And I think I should get new carpet. I think I should repaint this place. I mean, you know, I need new towels. I I mean, I think I'm going to buy a new TV here, you know. I mean, I I think I'm going to... you know, I think I'm going to go out and buy a snow jacket because next year because they're on sale. And, and why would you do that? You're moving to Maui. You got a big house with money coming in. Why would you focus all of your energy and your resources on a place that you're leaving? Get the illustration? It's not a good one, but it's not a bad one either. <laughs> And Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. My prayer for me and my prayer for you this morning is just that we would get a little glimpse of where it is that our home is. And we would just get a little bit jacked about it. Enough to maybe, just maybe, because the Spirit of God lives in us to believe in Him, to begin moving our energies, our talents, and our treasures to focus upon our real home and not this little dumpy place we're staying in now. Let's pray. Father, this place is not dumpy. It's actually pretty nice. And that's what blows me away. I look at a sunset. I look at the mountains covered with snow. I look at the beach. I look at a little baby. And I'm blown away by your creativity and how amazing you are. And that jacks me all the more because for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, you say that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, and our minds cannot comprehend what you have in store for us because you love us. God, help us to become heavenly minded so that we can be earthly good while we're here that we might store up treasures in heaven. Because truthfully, I really do, and I believe these, my brothers and sisters in Christ, really do want to hear you say when we stand before you, good job, well done, my good and faithful servant. Until we see you and are transformed to be like you, Help us to be faithful to that end. Amen.